Previously on Nostalgia Plus. Nostalgia Plus. Nostalgia Plus. We're watching X-Men, 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 we're watching We're watching X-Men, yes, we're watching X-Men, yes, we're watching X-Men, 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 I feel so it will so not who, be the X-Men. <laughs> <laughs> whose uh pick was this? Because we're talking about a few specific X-Men episodes. Whose pick was this? Mine think, and Dan's. Yeah, we we sort of collaborated. I gave Rachel the next the opportunity. By the way, I'm Dan Evanson. That's Rachel. Uh <laughs> Peter I'm was Peter. Before. Yeah, that's me. Peter, Peter, Peter. here too. That's me. That's I'm the somewhere. cast this week. <laughs> but yeah, we, uh, you know, we, we, <laughs> we, we said we were going to watch the Empire Strikes Back. That sort of happens, and then I decided it was we bad. Not watch the Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have any hot takes about the Empire Strikes Back, so it's boring. No. Yeah. So instead, March became uh, a period of experimentation. HK takeover. Ooh, that yeah. sounds hot. The the homebrew <laughs> kitchen took over our first April episode, and then the rest of April will be X Men stuff. Uh, where I it was my attempt to reward Rachel for putting up with gargoyles and then making her watch the Star Wars movie. <laughs> the horrible just... torture that I just described. <laughs> It's not bad. I was just bored. <laughs> but yeah, so so we uh, Rachel appreciate is I, I think is I guess is Rogue your favorite X Men yes. character? So I think yeah. we started out trying to think about Rogue stuff, and then eventually I just went full Apocalypse. I see that. Yeah. Okay, so yep. so what what made you pick these three episodes for today? Okay, so. Because you you picked three episodes from the X Men from the '90s, and then four episodes from X Men Evolution. Is that what it was called from yeah. from the the 2000s? Yeah. So you... I don't know. <laughs> it was a while ago. That I picked. I think I said I liked the Apocalypse, and we had an idea to like compare the '90s, like your your favorite X Men to my favorite X Men from my childhood. Mm. Like, yeah, how... I th- I, that sounds familiar. And um, I think also that Apocalypse movie that I forgot came out came out during that time. Yeah, there was like a theme that I, I had in mind that was Apocalypse related with the idea that maybe we would watch the X-Men the, Apocalypse the movie, movie as like a triptych. But I don't think we're going to do that. <laughs> I think that's, it that's most that movie recent. was awful. No, it's it not the most recent X-Men movie. I guess the, it is the not. Dark no. Phoenix oh, yeah. oh, yeah. I forgot Dark Phoenix also came out. I forgot. I mean, I... I love the X Men. This so the 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 three episodes we talked about are episode or season one, episode nine of the nineteen ninety two X Men cartoon, which is called "Come the Apocalypse," and then uh, we jumped all the way to season four with "One Man's Worth," which is a two parter, episodes three and four. So they're unrelated. Um. I think they're pretty good examples of like what the 1992 X-Men cartoon was like about Uh, this. I, yeah, I don't know. I, I, there was not necessarily a theme beyond I was looking for good apocalypse slash 
buck wild. You were looking for good apocalypse slash. (laughs) Yeah, always. Right. Oh man. Who do you, who do you slash apocalypse with? Uh, Angel. (laughs) Just me, me personally. (laughs) (laughs) I know for the apocalypse slash author insert. I know for the next episode, we chose those episodes just because um, it is, those are the apocalypse episodes. Also, my rogue is my favorite character and rogue plays an important part in those episodes. <laughs> yeah, we probably I, should have included episode eight from season one also, which is sort of the, the uh, setup Rogue's to episode nine and it features rogue a lot more prominently. Yeah. Uh, so I thoroughly encourage everyone to watch episode eight, the cure. Um, mm, right. But- but uh, we I, we did not watch. I mean, I watched it because I actually ended up watching a bunch of X Men episodes <laughs> this week. Anyways, so let's go on to the first episode from episode season one. Yeah. So All come right. the apocalypse. Uh, I, I, what's your guys's? Let, let me take in everybody's X Men experience. Like so, you mean prior experience? X-Men, I guess. Uh, I like our like as Peter said, the prior experience. Yeah, yeah. I mean, have you ever seen the 1992 version of the X-Men before? I've seen some of them, but my first introduction of X-Men was the first X-Men movie, live-action movie. From 2003. Yeah, on a camping trip. So we watched that on a terrible DVD uh, laptop. (laughs) So we watched X-Men, we watched all three X-Men movies. And then I bought the Marvel Encyclopedia, where I excessively read Rogue's chapter over and over again. <laughs> Wait, okay, so that, so those movies are are where you developed your affection for Rogue. Yeah, and then also the uh, cartoon X Men Evolution, where I bought on iTunes like every episode. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we'll yeah. talk about X Men Evolution. I, I had not <laughs> seen a lot of X Men Evolution before. I don't. Uh, we'll talk about that next episode. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I I get obsessed with Rogue. I have two characters: one from Marvel and one from DC. I'm obsessed with obsessed with Rogue, and then Raven from DC. Ah. Uh, yeah. yeah. So I just I wouldn't have expected the movies, which, to be fair, we're not here to talk about. I wouldn't have expected the movies to foster that sort of strong interest in anybody oh, especially um, well, especially not rogue like no offense but i think she was kind of terrible in those movies i was very young and i thought she was kind of her power was kind of cool okay. i mean she does have a very interesting power for to be yeah. sure um also that's where i knew where the word dick became into my vernacular <laughs> uh so that's a very specific uh, memory that i have i didn't know the other mm-hmm. meaning for it when i was a kid um anyways in the first movie rogue does play a very large part even though she was for sure so young me associated large part with importance Mm -hmm. but now older me realize the movies did rogue really done uh dirty particularly in days of future past that she she didn't have a lot of agency yeah uh she was cut entirely out of days of future past yeah i don't remember her from that one um, you know the part where uh, Kitty Pride, I'm guessing you mean? Yeah, it gets like stabbed. Uh, I guess she's stabbed <laughs> and dying. That's the part where Rogue is supposed to come in and take her powers and use the powers to keep Logan to- in the past. Oh, but they she's couldn't... been in. She's been in the prison where they're where the people behind the Sentinels are using her powers to use the Sentinels to copy the other powers. Oh. Because Mystique can't copy other people's powers, just the appearance of other people's powers. Right. So, yeah. Well, that's nifty. Yeah, it's weird for some reason, whenever they make X-Men kind of anything, they, the, I don't know, the entry character, the sort of initial point of view character tends to be, or they tend to make it like a teenage girl. Like, uh, back or in the original, <laughs> the very first X-Men cartoon they ever tried was uh, Kitty Pride, And then in the 1992 cartoon, it was Jubilee. 
Mm-hmm. I, okay, most people Rogue don't like Jubilee in, that, in, in the, the 1992. I kind of like her. Jubilee? Yeah. She didn't do anything. We didn't see her at all today, did we? No. I've seen, I've seen her in other things. I, that's, uh, I, I think there's an episode she runs away, and I've seen that episode. Does she run away and then nobody looks for her and everyone realizes <laughs> that they don't care? Uh, no, I'm going to guess no. I'm going to guess that's not what actually happens, but still. No, oh no, that was not in the 1998 cartoon. That was in the two, uh, X-Men Evolution because that was Jubilee, the girl that makes bombs out of her hands and the girl that does turns into a wolf. Wait, that's the no, same girl? the girl that makes bombs out of her hands is a different character. Than I know, that they, those three run away and become like a team for an episode. Ah. Uh, okay. Yeah. Sorry, I'm mixing up X-Men in my head. Easy to do. That's, I was going to say, that's not hard. There are so many. Yeah, I think it was supposed to be like a pilot episode for a um, spinoff for X Men Evolution. Sure, <laughs> I take nice, it. That nice I try. <laughs> yeah, that that top don't spin. Anyways, what's other people's X Men experience <laughs> other than mine? That's uh, being weirdly obsessed with Rogue. <laughs> uh, mine um, is similar yeah. to yours in that I started with the movies and then I became like super obsessive, except not with Rogue. But with Hugh Jackman, mm. and he's so a triple threat. He is fabulous. <laughs> anyway, um, um, mm-hmm. but I didn't, I didn't like watch them until I was a junior or senior in high school. Yeah, so I, I got on the the X Men train really late. I was in middle school. <laughs> we also watched lots of the Mohican on that trip. Huh. Peter, how about Day you? Lewis, right? All right. Um, how about me? I w- I've been aware of them for a long time. I was never an intense comic book reader as a kid, but I think there were a couple in my uh, barber's office or stu- what do you call it? Bar- barber's shop. Shop. Thank you. Um, that I read over and over again while I was there waiting for my turn. Um, so, you know, I was, I was aware of them, but I didn't pay a lot of attention to it. Um, and then I just kind of exist in the realm of geek culture. So I'd say I was kind of vaguely aware of all of, you know, the, the general, more, more the better known mutants and all of those things. You were exposed to them, but never really like a fan. Yeah, yeah. And then I've I've seen some of the X-Men movies. Um you know, enough to know that the first one was decent and the second one was meh and the third one was crap and then uh some of the newer ones were good or okay or just really bad. Yeah, and then there were some you should never watch like was it Origins Wolverine or something like that? Um, you know, so, yeah. Um, but I, I never, I knew the cartoon was a thing that existed when I was of the right age to watch it, but I just never ended up in the right place, uh, as that. And by the cartoon, I mean the 1992 classic cartoon (laughs) X-Men. Yeah. I mean, this cartoon kind of snared me into the X-Men pretty hard. I think this is also around the time when X-Men number one came out and right in the middle of like the big comics boom of the nineties. So yeah, I got dragged into the X-Men pretty deep uh, in like almost every facet that they existed in, in the nineties anyway. Um, I I did recognize the intro theme as soon as it started. mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I that's all in my dreams. And I've never I've never seen it before, but like I just knew it. I don't understand. I feel like that'd be something in band that you'd play. <laughs> Your band is much cooler than mine was. <laughs> no, I didn't, we didn't play it, but it feels like something the band would play because it's so catchy and like mm-hmm. No, we just played Band of Brothers every fucking year after it came out. <laughs> nope. That's a song? Well, the theme. Oh, okay. The score and ugh. We played, played the uh, what is it? 
Jurassic Park theme. Yeah, we played the John Williams family. Oh, yeah, of course. (laughs) Which included the NBC theme. (laughs) (laughs) I think it was NBC. It was a sports theme, and I was like, okay, we're doing this one now. (laughs) Is that John Tesh or something? No, it's John Williams. Oh, John Williams, right. Yeah. It was like E.T. and also the uh, can't like uh, E.T. Uh, Darth Vader saw. Um, yeah, the Imperial and, March. Yeah, I forgot it for a second. And uh, the NBC in opening. NBC. It's not that. No, it, oh. it was it was something else. I don't. It's been a few years. That's that's cool. It's a sports ball opening that I have forgotten. <laughs> Uh yeah, so all all of that to say, this is uh, this is bad. Nineteen ninety two X Men. Unfortunately, it doesn't hold up very well in my opinion. <laughs> no, I mean, I did write down a list of problems. Yeah, I wrote down a list of questions. <laughs> That's oh, all I had. Your qu- questions sound more interesting than than the, my petty whining. What are your questions? <laughs> I like Rogue's um, hair. You <laughs> well, like what? Rogue's hair. Very poofy hair. hair. <laughs> yeah, I have I have written down that everyone has such big hair. It's not obvious. Um the recap sounded a lot like the X-Men 2003 plot. Um mm-hmm. and then what ex- what are Apocalypse's powers exactly? And then what exactly are Rogue's powers? Because she's like flying. Does she always fly? Oh. I can explain that one. Okay, um, please do. Basically, she put Miss Marvel in a coma and permanently stole her powers. It's a kind of a bitch move. She was <laughs> she was a villain at that time, being gaslighted by her adopted mother. Okay. Yeah. So then, um, so then there's also Apocalypse's powers. And then does Rogue keep everything she absorbs forever? Because she was all like, oh, I took the evil out of you. And it's in me now. And it's like, well, don't you like dissolve <laughs> them after a while? Yeah, I thought it wears sometimes. off. It's a, the mental, the powers wear off, but sometimes the mental scape doesn't just because how brains work. Oh, so or, it's like, well, PTSD. how did writers decide that brains work? Yeah. yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, she has like Captain Marvel per, uh, t- uh, permanently in her head talking, t- talking smack at her. <laughs> well, that sounds terrible. Un- unlucky her. Um, I mean, she did put Captain Marvel in a car- coma. Yeah, <laughs> I guess it's it's a it's fair trade. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so she- Apocalypse is a, a tougher thing to explain. <laughs> as far as I could tell, his power was to grow. Once he did it, yeah, he, grew, he, was he got bigger and shrinking. And, yeah, and his power is to have a giant A on his belt. His power is whatever the writers want it to be. Yeah, that's true, too. And his weird jaw thing that would be really easy <laughs> to eat cereal. <laughs> really easy to what? Eat cereal. You look at that bizarre face and say, oh, that's a great face for eating cereal. He's got those flat horse teeth, too. <laughs> oh, my God, yes. A oh, a grinder, so you know. He's not eating cereal. He's just eating the oats before it becomes cereal. <laughs> oh, well, that's that's just cutting out the middle person. <laughs> yeah, so here's a quick rundown of Apocalypse. So Apocalypse was born, I don't know, at the beginning of time or something. Ancient <laughs> Egypt or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah we I find that out Egypt. next episode. Like, well, next we find that out in the evolution. Yeah, next yeah. nostalgia episode. I oh, think. right. Yeah, right, so... In the comics, his history is told and retold many times. But essentially, he's a, his, his mutant power is that he's immortal. Uh, he doesn't die. Um, he has a bunch of other powers because as a youngster, back in the prehistory days, uh, Egypt was ruled over by a time traveler <laughs> who eventually became Kang the Conqueror. Uh, and uh, Apocalypse uh, kicked the time traveler out, became the new pharaoh, used the time traveler's technology to steal 
super technology from the Celestials and became whatever he is now. So he can like shapeshift. He's shooting lasers out of him wherever he wants. He, he has uh, tubes that connect his shoulders to his elbows. Yep. Yeah, he got he got the super A belt buckle. Oh man, uh, yeah. <laughs> required. Uh yeah. So the most powerful element of all. Yeah. And, and for some <laughs> reason he then decides to go on a genocidal spree of uh seeking Turning, the yeah. fit, whatever that however seeking he defines. The fit. You know, like survival. Oh, of the oh, fit, the fit who's sort of, like it's the fitness of to survive, right? The, yeah, the, yeah. It's it's never really been his plan has never really been uh anything like, more than sort of the superficial evilness mm-hmm. of like mutants are the best and humans can suck it. Mm, oh yeah, because he was also kind of like, I'm gonna get rid of all the mutants. Well, was didn't he? he? Didn't he like say he wanted <laughs> he, to he twirl the, the mustache world? a lot? Yeah, he he did. He essentially it was like I'm gonna blow up the world, I'm gonna ruin the world, and then make it much better after I've ruined it. Well, it's so much easier to make better after it's been ruined. That's just common sense. Yeah. Yeah, he, I, he, I I feel like the voice actor for Apocalypse is doing a lot of a lot of really good work in this episode <laughs> nine. Uh, I, I mean, so I did like he had like I wrote all of my notes. One of them is, oh, that was a good line. And it was one of his. And it was, I want to hear the cries of the future being born. (laughs) So uh, Apocalypse just wants to become evolution. Yeah, embodied somehow or just he thinks, you know, he's a real libertarian, I guess. I don't I don't know what is (laughs) he's got going on. All right, so that's that's what that that's what he's doing, yeah. and then and then he's he's making that happen under the guise of a of a cure for being a mutant, which very clearly resembles like the way that the mutants are talking about it ahead of time. Very clearly resembles some kind of like conversion therapy for homosexuality. Yeah, I wish you guys had watched the previous episode because that is really just sort of hammered in like uh like Rogue goes off on her own to try to get the cure. She goes to like a mutant bar where just mutants are hanging out. She starts a bar fight with Pyro. It's a whole it's a whole thing. Like they really like the subculture of mutants is really sort of out there specifically fashion wise, because like nobody has everyday clothes, I guess that they wear. (laughs) Everybody's just in their super suit all the time. Villains, everybody. The cure is like a common theme in like all the X-Men things. Right. It comes up in one of the movies. It's been in the comics a bunch. Is that because, you know, it's a common theme or are they just rehashing the same old idea? I think it was to make Rogue do things because Rogue is typically the one to go get the cure in the things. Right. I think she's often the one that they use for um, to to as a to be interested in it because she has that issue where she just can't touch people. Yeah, I mean, yeah. she's one of the few mutants that where like her power has like a very obvious downside. One of the few popular mutants that we spend a lot of time with. Right. Right. And Even I guess though- like uh, that may not. I mean. You know, Cyclops has the thing where he can't take his glasses off. I mean, there's other less. I mean, some of the mutants are like Peter, you know, implying is like, you know, you, you know, Beast is blue all the time. You can't mm-hmm. turn that off. And Nightcrawler oh, is blue and devilish. Yeah. And, and that's because his dad was actually a demon. <laughs> is it? Yeah. yeah. yeah isn't it uh, Azazel? Yeah. Uh, all right. And well, his yeah. mom is—he got the blue from his mom. Yeah, but I was um, just gonna say, isn't his mom? Mystique? I don't want to say it. Yeah, yeah. I said it. Ha, okay. ha, ha. Spoilers okay. for the last thirty years. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh yeah. Also, Mystique has a wife. <laughs> Does she? Yeah, Destiny. In which version? I mean, like, cool, Multiple. but Multiple. oh, okay. 
Cool. Uh, in the earlier days when Mystique and Destiny were together, they were not always described as like uh, a pair bond, so to speak. But uh, in recent years, they definitely have been explicit about it. Okay, um, it's it's in my in my like getting at X Men knowledge, they've been like together. I mean, they raised Rogue in almost all versions of X Men history. They raised Rogue together. Yeah. Cool. Well, not really, because then Mystique's <laughs> also, they're both yeah. villains and kind they're of. Other terrorists. So, uh, yeah. Less cool. <laughs> and Mystique tries to get her to kill somebody, which was kind of awful. It is. She could fly. So, you know, it kind of worked yeah. out. Yeah, but she also has Captain Marvel in her head. Forever. <laughs> right. And Captain Marvel is in a coma. Yeah. Or dead. Yeah. Depends on the um, iteration. Um, and how does that work, too? Because, like, there's, like, Dan, you said earlier that they they go through um, X-Men Thanos's backstory <laughs> a whole bunch. Like, how does that, like, I don't understand. I am X-Thanos. <laughs> how, uh, do, how do they, like, keep going back and, like, nah, let's change it a little bit. And it's like, well... Marvel. Marvel and DC have basically ages where they retell the same stories over and over yeah, again. Yeah, no, they so just keep resetting and living like, all right, well, let's let's do a new timeline for the same characters and tell a lot of the same stories, but kind of differently, just differently yeah. enough that people will buy them, but also that people will be get angry about the changes. Yeah. So, so it's a, it's not exactly the same. So DC is definitely the sort of the reboots, like they do reboots. They will yeah. end current continuity and start a new one. Yeah, that's what I was mostly thinking about, like with the new 52, which I don't even think it's the newest comp- continuity now. No, no, there have been like two other ones since since that. That was like two uh, years ago that I heard yeah. about that. <laughs> Marvel would usually would do what they would call like a rolling 30. So if you had read a comic book in the last 30 years, it was still canon. But nobody really got older uh, and the, you know, the characters might still reference older stories, but it was just always assumed that, you know, if there was if you were reading comics in, you know, the aughts or in the last five years or so, if they referenced an earlier story, it happened around 30 years ago is sort of they always kind of hand waved it. Marvel eventually did like do like the ultimate universe where they started a whole new thing and they've always had like a multiverse mm-hmm. thing going on but technically all of that is still within the canon and it wasn't until maybe five years ago eight years ago that they did a dc and literally sort of blew everything up merged it all together and started a sort of started over i think the only marvel hero that i think that grows up is peter parker well, I mean, until, until they, I, like, no. I mean, Peter has always been, well, since he graduated college, he's kind of always been around 30 years old. Yeah, well, because he went to high school, went to, he w- was in high school, went to college and then got married, which is uh, the, right. like the. Right. And then he enters stasis. Yeah. But and then they do the, that a lot. The, like the let characters reach a certain age and then they joined the stasis. So to speak. And then they decided Mary Jane wasn't relatable enough and decided to break them up with us the stupidest way as possible. With, with Mephisto. Yes. <laughs> it's very, uh, uh, was that one of those things where like, I think I remember hearing about this. Did she just like stop existing or it, no, no, no. It undid no. everything. Like, so like, <laughs> well, oh, this doesn't have anything to do with the X-Men, but yeah, we're, we're far afield. I kind of actually do like this, this story. I, it's annoying it, to me. <laughs> so it happened during the civil the Civil War crossover event when Captain America and Iron Man basically like fragment the Avengers over superhero registration. Right. And everybody's got to pick a side. So initially Spider-Man chooses Iron Man's side, which was the pro registration. And as part of that, Iron Man convinces him to reveal his secret identity to the world because he had to register. That goes bad like 
almost immediately. <laughs> and his aunt is essentially assassinated by one of the villains, I think. Yes. Uh, and so he's sort of desperate to find a solution. He eventually betray. He feels like this was such a horrible idea that he betrays Iron Man to Captain America. That story, you know, resolves itself, but Spider-Man is left with a dying ant. And so Mephisto comes to him. Mm. Mephisto is essentially like the devil of the Marvel universe. Uh, the Like if you were to think of Satan as the Christian character, like that's Mephisto. Uh, he's basically oh, a dick. You meant Mysterio. No, no, not Mysterio. <laughs> like, Mephisto, what's Jake Gyllenhaal got to devil. do with this? Oh. No. Make a robot. I don't know. <laughs> but Mephisto basically says, I will heal your aunt. I will undo the reveal of your secret identity. I'll make everybody forget it. All I want to return is your marriage. <laughs> so he basically convinces Spider-Man and Mary Jane to give up the possibility, not just their existing marriage, but like any future marriage remove that from the universe and uh, kind of undoes the bad parts of civil war for spider-man huh why would he and want then that happens marriage? and then and then they just kept on doing spider-man with uh for a while mary jane was not there but eventually she does come back uh in the story i don't think they've gotten remarried since i think they have like I don't know, beat up Mephisto so they can get married now. But like, I don't think it's happened yet. I think she's uh-huh. also become a superhero. I've, I've stolen the possibility of your wedded bliss and you can only have it back if you punch me a punch. I don't know. I only just recently got into American comics again when I renewed some my Marvel unlimited subscription. So yeah. All right, so it turns out we watched a cartoon show, and we should talk about that. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, sorry. That, that actually almost goes into the next episode. Well, let's let's finish up. Let's see, anything. There's still, there's still a lot to talk about how really awful this episode They destroy okay, Stonehenge. Perfect segue, and you ruined it. Oh. <laughs> Why was, all right, let me just ask this. Why was Apocalypse a gargoyle for a while? Uh, unknown crossover, Apocalypse was a gargoyle. That's actually where the gargoyles idea came from. This episode aired before gargoyles. Yeah. Yeah. Two years before. They were like, my God, anyone could be a gargoyle, of course. What are you talking about? He was a gargoyle. He was a gargoyle. So remember when Apocalypse uh, attacks that press conference? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Which is the primary plot of the episode. I, I remember him attacking the World Peace Conference. He sh- he shouts at everyone and like everyone's like oh where's this voice coming from and then they move to the top of the building and there are three gargoyles and the center one turns into apocalypse. Oh, I didn't realize it turned out. into him. I thought he was just like loom- like snuck up behind it or threw it off the roof or something. Well, he does eventually throw a gargoyle off the roof. But first, he was turned into one. Apparently, yeah. That seems like a a choice, I guess. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, okay, were, so were were any of the accents good? <laughs> I couldn't find a no. good one. I I laugh at Rogue's southern accent. That's that's <laughs> the correct choice. Also, Gambit's Creole. Um, all right, just checking. No, this this is what I mean. Like 1992's X Men. I mean, what was going on with the hair styles of the horsemen, you guys? Why did they have actual horses? I mean, one of them, I mean, they were robots, so I guess like fine. One of them had a bowl cut because that was what he had before he was transformed or whatever. But also just, just from a dramatic, like, what do you call it? Like, just like a narrative point of view, having this villain transform four mutants into his you know super powerful lieutenants and having only one of them be a named character that anyone cares about or recognizes is just a terrible choice wait who did we recognize angel right never mind yeah mm-hmm. yeah who knows who those other three people were just they were they were strangers in a, a 
bar, in that weird mutant bar, in yeah. that weird mutant bar, and they were like, "I want to be a not mutant," and then they went in and turned into mutant murder slaves. Yeah, but the one guy had a bull cut, but then the one girl who was like a drab kind of like farmer wife type, then her hair just like magically grew and became fabulous, and she was like, "I'm pestilence." <laughs> well, I mean, I you know maybe that maybe she did it for the hair. Um, I'm pretty sure the gargoyle's hair was worse. Mm. You take that back. <laughs> three sisters. Uh oh, hair weird. fight. Yeah. Oh, the three. three sisters. They were a bit, a bit, oofy. They were over the top. No, yeah. all the hair is bad. Even the X Men. I don't know what was going on with Gambit's. Where, what, I, I, what haircut is that supposed to be? He's got like a. His costume like goes his... all the way up to his hairline. It does. He has some kind of weird mask. Jean Grey has thing. like the same thing, but she has a ponytail coming out the back of her deal. They all look dumb. I never <laughs> understand Jean Grey. So because she never like has a name. Right. Why is her mutant name Jean Grey? <laughs> it used to be Marvel Girl. Well, that's clearly a, a litigious choice. Yeah. I don't, like, yeah, I honestly couldn't tell you. They never fixed it. I mean, uh, for a while, she's Phoenix. Uh, I mean, but that's a different thing. That's a whole thing. Yeah. I mean, I mean, like they, they make a whole encouragement, don't they? About like, hey, choose your 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 mutant name, right? Like, you know, kind of yeah, take, they take, do. take your own control. It's your own power. Be your own person. Take a mutant name if you want one. Um, so maybe she's just like, I'm happy with my name. My name is Jean Grey, and that's cool. I like it. Um, I know, like, Kitty Pride. Her her name's, like, Shadowcat, but most people call her Kitty Pride. I mean, Kitty Pride is such a cool name already. Yeah. Unlike Jean Grey, which is basic as fuck. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> which is, like, the most bland, boring-ass name you can have. I mean, it's literally Grey. I do yeah, like the name Grey, actually. Um, I just as a as a general rule but yeah i like uh, it's close to one of my friend's names and so my nephew yeah. and my I, axe yeah i'm i typically don't like jean gray as a character because i hate the phoenix storyline because it gets so overdone and i'm like i don't care anymore um also i'm like rogue why don't you just touch her see what happens just touch it <laughs> touch touch whom <laughs> I like that Rachel Rachel is so into Rogue's power. You know, like most people would be like, no, thanks. But Rachel's like, well, I can just, you know, just touch them. Good, actually. Just touch everybody. Touch the next person. Touch everybody. Everybody gets touched. Just a yeah. little. Just take it, it, a little tip off everybody. I'm pretty sure it would suck in like the intimacy pro- um, uh, department. That, that <laughs> is. <laughs> That's Revenge. not why they make condoms. That is not the reason. No, 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 no. They made them just for those who think that they have rogue syndrome. <laughs> so the condoms only exist for people who think they have rogue syndrome. The entire condom industry exists to support a delusion. Yep. Oh, okay, cool. Just checking. I, I guess I didn't understand that economic uh, history. Yeah, also, con- well, that would work for other genders other than male. Okay. All right. So I think <laughs> that's it. I mean, the 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 whole plot of this uh, episode is pretty weak. Apocalypse doesn't have a great plan. That's why we're talking. He about executes things. poorly. <laughs> I mean, but- yeah, he 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 enslaves some mutants and then attacks peace. Right? Yeah, he makes a bunch of mutants with just the worst powers ever. And, and robot horses. Yeah, that lady had to touch you to make you sick. The other guy, he was war, so he could shoot lasers out of his pants. That was yes. it. Angel is just a guy with wings who could shoot Apparently knives. Shoot. Yeah, something. Exploding knives. Okay. I don't know right. why it has to do with Angel's but all and right, then there was the fourth one that I don't remember seeing do anything much. Famine. Famine. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. I know which what they call him. I just like 
Didn't do oh, she went up to the, the Frenchman in the wagon and she's like, oh, you need food now. And then they like shriveled up while muttering food. <laughs> and oh, it was I, super I, fucked up. I forgot that part. Well, I, I noticed especially the munchies real how the uh, <laughs> <laughs> how how, you know, it was a 90s cartoon, so no one could die. So uh you know, famine, not famine, plague, pestilence kept producing, you know, afflicting people with plague or something. And they turned a little green and stumbled around, but, but nothing bad ever actually happened to them. Yeah. You know, it's not like this plague kills anybody. No, it's bad. So yeah. <laughs> and then they all fell in the water at the end or no, they went in the spaceship. They all, everybody, but angel gets in the spaceship. Which was under Stonehenge, sure. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, <laughs> and Stonehenge is destroyed in the process. Well, it's just a bunch of rocks standing up, so we could probably put it back. You're right. What what was I thinking? <laughs> I mean, really, what was I thinking? <laughs> why, why did I watch this? <laughs> because Dan forced you to. Dan! Let's talk about the other two episodes. Let's talk about the other two episodes. So yeah. this, these are better. We're like, That's so this true. is three years later into X-Men 1992. I feel like e even the production value has actually improved quite a bit. Agreed. Uh, the story is kind of more, a lot more interesting. Uh, we're time traveling it again. Uh, th these two are called One Man's Worth. So the story is essentially like what happens if you kill Charles Xavier before he becomes super famous Charles Xavier, professor X. Uh, what's the world like? Here's a hint. It sucks. <laughs> <laughs> now what's cool is that everyone's costumes are way better. That is oh, true. Yeah. All the visual designs in the future are a hundred times better. <laughs> yeah. No question. Everybody looks cooler. They have more interesting interconnections because we, what is it? We see the, the present day tainted by, Professor X's absence, um, and and there's a huge resistance against the robots who are taking over everything, or maybe it's no, it's humans who are killing all the mutants. Yeah, weren't those the Sentinels? Yeah, yeah, and then um, Wolverine and Storm are married, which I fucking yeah. love. Yeah, no, that was way more interesting than most of the stuff that. They the most of the inter interpersonal connections that mutants have. Yeah, and he was like totally willing to give up the future just to stay with her. And I was like, "Oh my god, you short hairy man, you're so sweet." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, yeah, I, when you're I, not threatening people with your knife hands. You're you're pretty, you know. Which seemed person. like the only other thing he knew how to do. Yeah. Like yeah. one of my comments was, was, do you even speak in non threats Wolverine? Yeah. And, and yeah. storm was even like, you did it again. And she said it like three times. <laughs> yes, he right. just kept punching he just people. Kept, yep. You just kept getting in fights. Oh, um, but, uh, yeah, it was very sweet. Like there was a point where they're, you know, trying to fix the past and was it, uh, Xavier reads their minds and is like, one of you doesn't really want to change the, the future. And he's like, yeah, but I'm not going to betray you. <laughs> this yeah, plan was... sucks, but I'm doing it. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't want the outcome, but I'm still helping. Jeez. And I thought that was cool. That, that was like, that was, that was some, I don't know. I don't want to say realism exactly, but it was, it was. They were, it made him more human in a way that I liked. Yeah, it was something not done enough. Yeah. Yeah, they dealt um, with like actual real sort of issues in this one even. You know, like there's a, a, a stretch in the first episode where they think they're safe. They're just trying to explain to Charles Xavier how awesome the future is and why he should like not mm, die. Yeah, yeah. And then they're kind of assaulted because Wolverine and Storm are an interracial couple and yes. the coffee meister is like, that sucks. 
And then Wolverine's like, sell it to these. And then he pulls out his knife hands. <laughs> right. And then he punches through a chair or something. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the bartender is like, you can't mess up my place. Moose, Rocco, get them. He has those fucking 90 ass names. <laughs> yes. And I'm just like, he had, he why did he have two Why did the thugs? coffee why? guy have thugs on Yes. <laughs> What was going on in that coffee shop? <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, that did make me think, wait, is this place like a front for the mob, for the racist mob? Yeah, in like Connecticut or wherever it was. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Um, what, what is it? So, okay, speaking of realism and then the opposite of that, <laughs> at some point in the 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 terrible what is it? A uh, uh, dystopia, dystopian present. They're running from slash fighting robots. And it's just, there are robots piloting robots. <laughs> and he looked like that Nintendo robot. They did. They looked like Rob. Yeah. Rob, the, the Nintendo controlling robot. Um, there was one point where, what is it? There was one of those giant robots that they were fighting and everybody like lasered it, storm lightning bolts it. Um, they hit it with a bunch of beams and then like beast flips out of nowhere and kicks it and flips back. <laughs> and then it falls over and I'm like, Oh God, beast is going to think he helped. <laughs> <laughs> uh, don't be mean the beast. Yeah. It's very pretentious. Smarty pants. It's not. I'm not trying to be mean. I'm just like, why did you kick it? Kick it? Did, that did nothing. It was. I don't just... know. Beast does have a pretty impressive backpack. So backpack. He had a backpack. I don't His care. Design was so much cooler. He had a backpack. It was, and he, he, had, he had the had little a... targeting reticle in front of yeah, it. He had an eye. eye patch with the X Men symbol on it. It yeah, wasn't an even eye though they patch. weren't X Men at that time. Yeah, it wasn't an eye patch. It was a oh, little targeting thing. No, it was like a little. It was the targeting computer that Luke. De- declines to use oh, during okay. the trench run. It was that kind of thing. <laughs> there was a lot of that in this with like people with weird goggles. Yes, because well, that's we're how in a dystopia. The future is. <laughs> Dystopias require goggles. This is obvious. Yeah, that's how we'll watch out for authoritarianism is if you walk into the Walmart and there's too many weird goggles. Uh, and we're also it's weird goggles and desert as you could uh, as like in <laughs> even in modern media like um Umbrella Academy. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we forgot to plant stuff because of the apocalypse. So, <laughs> sorry for the dust. Everything uh, is like, I, rec- I also recently watched the terrible movies Resident Evil, and everything is dust. Oh, well, I mean, like, the first Resident Evil is awesome. <laughs> yeah, but the sequels are terrible, but I still love them. That's fair. No, that sounds great. I would watch those in a heartbeat. How many also, apparently, now? Mila Jovovich loves them, so they just keep happening. Her and her um, there's like seven. Um, her, her husband directs them. That's why they keep happening. Yeah, that's fair. So, okay, I have to ask question for uh, maybe Dan and Rachel, who seem like know more about the comics than I do. Um, in this, for the first of these two episodes, um, did we see some cameos from other non mutant Marvel characters? Like, it looked like at some point the, <laughs> the humans attacked. And I thought I recognized Giant Man and the Wasp and maybe Doctor Strange. Yeah, so there was a whole sort of not quite the Avengers uh, that appeared. There was mm-hmm. an Iron Man. Oh, uh, was there? I missed that yeah. one. He, he was probably, you probably just thought he was one of the robots, but That's fair. he had the sort of Iron Man mask uh, mm-hmm. and he was green. They were all off. None of them had the right colors. Right. Um, but yeah, there was a, a Giant Man and the Wasp. There was a Captain America in that set two oh. uh with a weird green and yellow shield mm-hmm. uh and uh yeah i think there was a uh doctor strange in there maybe i thought i thought i recognized doctor strange on the the rebels side like hiding oh yeah or something. okay then can you explain the difference between a mutant and a superhuman and why superhero superhumans are good and mutants are bad Typically, so go ahead, Rachel. I, sorry. From what I've seen, superhumans usually get their powers from alternate means. Like Captain America has the super serum. Um, Spider Man uh, gets bitten by a bug. radioactive spider. Uh, Black Panther has his armor in the um, vibranium, I think. 
Submarine. Yeah. He also uh, like eats a magic plant. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Giant man has some kind of like suit that lets him grow or shrink. Pim particles. Right. Pim particles. Which also affects wasp. Yes. Uh, um. So a lot of the superheroes are made superheroes by alternate means, while mutants are born mutants. Right. Right. It's some sort of genetic. X-G. It's a it's a genetic factor. Yeah. Which, um, yeah. Uh, like Scarlet Witch is a mutant in the comics versus in the movie. She's not. Right. She is the daughter of Magneto. Yeah, it's a it's a line that gets fuzzy sometimes. Yeah, yeah. because so especially you have to remember too that like this period of the X Men is right after they're bought by Fox. Like I think <laughs> Fox actually bought the rights for this show. And for then the nineteen ninety two cartoon, like, the movie and everything right. So like they're super obvious with the mutants. But then when we get to like the Avengers movies and everything that's been made since 2008 for a long time, Marvel couldn't use the word mutant in regard to their superheroes because Fox owned the ability to do that. Right. So Common mutant characters were just called enhanced or uh, for a while they were sometimes inhuman, which is a different Way it's to a get di- it's a different. Power. It's a different Marvel thing, right? Yeah, yeah. Or, aren't aren't the Inhumans like part alien? Yeah. Yes. Like maybe. Yes. Yeah, something. They live on the moon. Yeah, I've sometimes heard on... they live on the moon. Yes. <laughs> sometimes. I heard on the grapevine that actually, like, the first few like real mutants, like called mutants, are going to be in Marvel movies now because they acquired X. There's a lot of people that thought that was going to happen in Wandaverse. That the big reveal of Wandaverse would be. Like Magneto would show up and be like, "You're my daughter." Yeah, that, um, did, not, that did not happen. Yeah, <laughs> they had to flex that they have the other Quicksilver. Yeah, yeah, I guess it was so um, weird. I don't know. I haven't watched Wanderers. I, um, I think what I've heard on the grapevine is Rogue's going to be the main villain of Captain America Marvel too. Huh? Could she be going to put her in a coma? Probably. <laughs> Oh man! Uh, you know they got a n- brand new Captain Marvel that debuted in in WandaVision, so why not? Yeah, hey, Rachel, you should watch that. <laughs> I don't wanna. It was only okay. Don't worry about it. Yeah, I don't want to do. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, I really only sometimes I really only care if Rogue's in it, so I might watch Captain Marvel too, even though I really hated like the concept of Captain Marvel in the begin with. Mm. Like, the concept so I... of Captain Marvel, or you just no. because. In the movie, I really hated like her hair, like the stupid mohawk. Oh, well, that's because her <laughs> suit like closed up over her hair. It looks so stupid. And I was well, like, they I... fixed that. Okay. She doesn't look like that anymore. Okay, I I don't I, I just like you don't care. Was, that's fine. Yeah, I saw that. I'm like, mm. I, I don't just... need you to care. Yeah, uh, I might watch that just because I'll go. Maybe Rogue will win, and maybe or Rogue will be shit again in the movies. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I mean they're probably not bringing back Anna Paquin. Paquin? Is that what you said? Yeah, she said. Uh, I think there was an interview where she said she won't play Rogue again unless they write her correctly. Hmm. Huh. Yeah. I wonder Good what she her. thinks. Well, I wonder what she thinks writing Rogue correctly is. All right, so I had a about these episodes. Um, I did have a favorite pair of lines. Um, mm-hmm. because we follow what was his name? Fitzroy. Fitzray. Fitzroy. Fitzroy, who is the the bad mutant who can open up time portals, apparently, um, and is betraying all of mutant kind to the future, the robots from the future or something. Um, and, and when he's there making his deal to betray them, uh, he, he, you know, he says, you know, I need somebody to, to, to zap or siphon or something. Apparently he steals energy in a way similar to what rogue does kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they, they bring him somebody and he, you know, touches them and drains energy and the person passes out and he says, um, he'll be fine in a few days. And the robot overlord says, whatever. 
<laughs> I just loved it. Like, you know, robot doesn't care if this guy will get better. That's that makes perfect sense. I just loved the, you know, he'll he'll get better. Whatever. It just made me very happy. Yeah, I like I liked robot these two care. episodes, like the Yeah, they the, were they were decent. Yeah, the um the time travel is interesting though paradoxical the way yeah. time travel always is. Yeah, I mean it is time travel, so it's it has inherent flaws. Yeah, it's not perfect time travel like gargoyles. Uh, (laughs) 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 Gargoyles is easy to follow because what happened is always what happened. Well, you know, I thought they were going to do that at first because they kept uh, like being. They kept kind of looping around more than once and they kept coming back to it and showing us that. You know, here they are living through the same thing from a different perspective. And I thought it was all going to be all of these things had always happened. And the world always went through this kind of brief transformation where Charles was kind of dead and everything flicked one way. And then they fixed it and everything flicked back. But no, then at the end, when they finally won, we see them from their first trip back in time, like disappearing because the trip didn't happen. So that just makes everything unstable. Yeah. And then Xavier remembered everything at the end. It seemed like all the different. Yeah. Thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Also Wolverine wears so much eyeliner. <laughs> yes. What is up with his what eyelashes? Are they supposed to be his eyebrows? I don't know what's going on there. Everything is I don't know. in the future. You know, yeah, no, he's totally he has comes from a goth dystopian future. So he has mm-hmm. to wear too much eyeliner. Oh, is that uh, his protection since he didn't have goggles? Oh, that must be it. Yes. <laughs> Gotta keep those dust and dirt particles out. Sure, why not? Yeah, he lined his eye with advanced technology that sucks all the dust into his eyeliner. It's that so makes it's- sense. This is the only reasonable conclusion. Black, it's it. The eyeliner is just black hole juice. <laughs> black, black hole, juice. hole juice. I love this more than I don't know what, but I love it. I want black hole juice. Do you get it from squeezing black holes? Don't answer. I know you do. So, <laughs> no, you gotta get another black hole to juice the other black hole. Oh, that wow. Sounds, mm, you know what? I'm just gonna leave it. <laughs> So now I want to write. Think about it too much. Now I want to write slash fiction starring astronomical concepts. (laughs) That has to exist. I mean, probably they did uh, fiction uh, like aphromorphize the ship that got uh, stuck in the Suez Canal. Oh yeah, they did. (laughs) Of course they did. (laughs) There's college. uh, They do slash fiction for colleges. Yeah. Oh Suez Sama, I'm so sorry. Um, <laughs> that's a weird part of fan fiction that I'm not in. I'm just like, mm. yeah. yeah, yeah, boats. That's where you draw the line. Anthropomorphized <laughs> 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 concepts. I'm like, what's not? So you're not a, you're not a big Chuck Tingle fan, huh? No, not really. Because I'm because I'm guys. What if the laws of thermodynamics had a big origin? <laughs> <laughs> Pounded in the black hole by a black hole. (laughs) Pounded in the black hole by my billionaire boyfriend, black hole. That sounds like Chuck Tingle right there. Yeah. (laughs) It's about, I I can do some weird, but I'm not too, too weird for me. Uh, Yeah, I'm fine that those things exist. I don't want to seek them out. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I did watch somebody good. (laughs) I did watch on YouTube somebody read the dinosaur porn. Fun. Nice. Which one, like Chuck Tingle dinosaur porn? I think so. It's been a while. I've also, I think it got taken off of YouTube. Aww. Uh, um. Yeah. It, so, last thing I want to talk about in this one is uh, the second part of this episode had the Sentinels in it. So, I the reason I got back into comics recently is uh, X Men did a, a whole brand new weird reboot essentially uh that involved the sentinels and they sort of recast the idea that like uh sentinels and mutants are sort of like these two competing strains of intelligence right like mutants represent the continuing 
evolving nature, biological nature of humanity. And the Sentinels represent this sort of artificial evolution of intelligence in the world. And that these two concepts would sort of always be clashing uh, with each other. And this episode doesn't have anything to do with that. Instead, there's a a Terminator Sentinel who's white and purple. Oh, the, uh, Nimrod? Nim- and his name is Nimrod. For whatever gosh darn reason, I don't get that at all. I mean, Nimrod is a f- sort of famous Sentinel in the X-Men lore, but he's like, I say he, it is like, uh, always. it always comes back in the future to fuck things up. It's never isn't, great. It, isn't Nimrod also the, like the first, like the first, Aquaman character. The first Aquaman character? I don't. Nimrod is is historical, the right word. He's in the Bible. Oh, Nimor. It was close in my brain. No, Nimrod is like a historical figure, I guess, in ancient Babylon, I think. He's like a famous ancient warrior, sort of, I, I think. I vaguely remember. Uh, I don't know. Also, he's a fun. It's a fun name to call someone who's kind of an <laughs> idiot. So, name Rod. Yeah, I don't know why they picked that for the Ultimate Sentinel. We yes. also saw the Master Mold, who's the whatever. That's the whatever robot. All right, just who's so the, we're not the robot you know, that makes other robots. Yeah, the Master Mold. I, uh, okay, just so we're not complete um, ignoramuses. Nimrod is a biblical figure described as a king. And a, monkey, and a and a mighty hunter. You know, that uh, makes, um, that's ringing some bells now. Yeah. Uh, historians have failed to match Nimrod with historically attested figures. Cool. So I, he might not even be a real dude. Great. Anyways, should we wrap up this episode that's gone on way too long and we ramble on about random, random things? That's, that's not what we do. Um, <laughs> can we talk about what the fuck is Bantam? No, oh, I have no answers so, for that. Okay, no, I, I do because I was curious, so I looked up Fitzroy and also Bantam. Uh, Bantam is his sidekick who has the power to, uh, like, detect and, and, and analyze energy or something like that and catalog it. So he basically keeps track of all of Fitzroy's time portals and... Uh, and knows when they are closing or have to close or s- something. I mean, it, it makes no sense to include him in the comic or in the cartoon because <laughs> I think this is might have been Fitzroy's only inclusion in the cartoon. But yeah, uh, he, I think I think that's true. So all Bantam did was get thrown through portals and say, "I hate this." That's right. Oh no! Yeah, the real snarf. A real snarf. Uh, yeah, let's see. Bantam ha- is a chronal anchor, and he keeps track of his master's time portals. Sweet. Yeah, he's a chronal anchor. That sounds yeah. Cool. That sure is a power that I want when I become a mutant. <laughs> chronal anchor, also short and green. So he's Igor. Yeah, I guess so. Igor, Igor. Which one? I mean, it depends on the the film. I don't know. Uh, I don't think I've ever seen uh, in like Frankenstein's movie. I've read a short book that, like, an I mean, it, I I think it's commonly usually pronounced Igor, and if you pronounce it in the German from that spelling, it would be Igor. Um, but it's from uh, uh, Young Frankenstein, the Mel Brooks movie, where he insists on being called Igor. Yeah, I don't know how I pronounced it in my head when I was when I read that abridged novel. I think it was probably Igor because Yegor. <laughs> Listen, dyslexia and pronunciation doesn't go well when it's like these are a group of letters. That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So. All right. We've talked an awful lot. Did we? Yep. Did we say anything of note? Who knows? What's next? Um, uh, sad love super lost. Glad that, uh, oh, sorry. What? Sad love lost. That's it. We tear up when oh, yes. Wolverine and Storm 
are no longer a couple, even though they kind of like wink, wink a little bit it, at the very end. They briefly flirted kind of, but except both acknowledged, oh, I, if I didn't know you better, I'd think we were, you were flirting. And he's like, I'm sure glad you know me better than. Yeah. Um, I like, I like them so, so much better than like in the movies where they try to make Jean Grey and Wolverine a thing. Yeah. I don't know why everyone wanted to chase Jean Grey in the movies. That made no sense. Also, I did like that Professor X's floating robot um, hover chair has a little screen that all he has to do is (laughs) tap it and it pops up and says temporal anomaly. And we're like, oh, crap, it's a temporal anomaly. That floaty chair is awesome. It's so big and yellow. (laughs) It's so unnecessary. Did we we learn I had an unhealthy obsession with Rogue when I was a child? Yes, that's what we all we learned in this episode. Well, I think we're going to hear more about that next episode, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. Because yep. there's a lot of rogue in the next in the next group of episodes. Join yeah, us and next she time. Has, yeah, and she actually has clothes. That's not a spandex. <laughs> God, awesome. Your costume is so bad. I'm so much happier when I have clothes that aren't spandex. It's her. It's a her, rogue is a spandex and a bomber jacket. In the I apologize for the '90s and just. We forgot to draw clothes on the women sometimes. Sorry. Yeah, I, I did notice. You know, I forgot to mention it, but the first episode we were talking about, ep, uh, season one of episode nine, was it did surprise me with how like cheesecakey it was. They had a one particular frame of, I think it was Rogue actually, uh, like where she got tossed backwards and rolled or fell or something, and it was just really framed right from behind. Her butt and I'm like, wow, they are they just went for that, huh? Trying to get that suburban dan dad market. <laughs> so I, I think you uh just Freudian slipped there, suburban dad. <laughs> All right, let's okay. Let's get out of here. We gotta end this episode so we can get to the next one. Join us in two weeks for more X-Men, this time X-Men Evolution. We're gonna lean on Rachel because she probably has the most exposure to that show out of all of us. It's yeah. It's not the best, but I like it. It is yeah, not the best. Not I agree. With you. <laughs> no. No. Uh, <laughs> All right. uh, but I've been Dan Evanson. You can find my stuff at Dan Evanson. Doc, Daniel Evanson.com. I'm also at Sinister Event on Twitter. Katie, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at Shimmy Book, where I tweet if I remember I have it. And Rachel, where can folks find you at? Uh, you can find me most everywhere at, at Argent Rave. I don't tweet and lurk everywhere. At a girl. Thanks again <laughs> to Rachel and her crew from the Homebrew Kitchen. We encourage you to check out those episodes on too many And uh, Peter, okay. where can folks find you? People can find me in their basement where I would dearly like to be released. Fold the laundry while you're down there. You don't have okay. to. Well, you know, if you look carefully, you might just find it. I have uh, understand. <laughs> also, uh, at Sheila's Feet on Twitter and Sheila'sFeetGames.com or PASaper.com, where uh, I exist. Buy my games. Buy my games. Thanks, everybody, and we'll see you next time. Oh, yeah.